Welcome to the Future Era Podcast. My name is Baxter. Thank you for pressing play. The Future Era Podcast is a podcast where I share my thoughts. I'm a hoop dance movement teacher of the last 10 years. I've been doing it for 16 years, and I travel around and I teach people, um, you know, sort of the my take on hoop dance. I use movement as a way to connect to my inner conversation with what's going on. And these podcasts are a reflection of my teachings. And I, I kind of combine something I do in my teaching where I play music and then speak over it. Uh, if you want to hear just the music, I usually put a playlist up of that, and I'm happy to do so. Today's music is David Block. He is, uh, his project is called The Human Experience. Uh, his uh, music is just wonderful. I featured it in my Burning Man podcast last week, uh, one of the songs, and it just got me thinking that I should do a whole episode with this guy because his library is awesome. And uh, gosh, he's got to be the hardest working man in the music business right now. It seems like every time I check in with his Facebook or some or you know his social media, he is somewhere in a festival, and he he seems to be uh, walking the walk, which I always respect. Uh, he's not just talking it; he's doing it. And one of his specialties is that you'll hear today is he works uh, in collaboration with. A lot of other artists and brings his sound and their sound together or helps them find their sound and it's just uh it's really great stuff so i'm excited to to use it thank you so much for making it with me to episode 13 this episode is all about re-entry uh not just from burning man but from the festival world and not just from the festival world but from the summer getting ready for fall so thank you and on to episode 13 Welcome to the Future Hero Podcast. Thank you for pressing play. My name is Baxter and I come in peace. I am not here to screw with your head or change the way you feel, but just to maybe help provide a container of a positive 30 minutes to an hour or whatever time we have together. What I believe in outside of myself is constantly changing, but one thing that's remained constant over the last uh, few years is that I believe, with a capital B, deep in my heart, capital H heart, that you have access within you to a light of understanding uh, through a lens of love through a source of energy of love and that you have access to that and that when you allow yourself and open to that access and and then bring what it tells you into the world that you're doing good work and even as noble as that sounds I know that sometimes we get tired sometimes that even the best and brightest and most altruistic among us can run out of a little fuel sometimes and so this podcast is just meant to help those people 
I mean, I'd like to think it's meant to help everyone, but nothing really is that universal. There's certain songs that just speak to mo- some of us more than others, and I just want to encourage all the light walkers out there, all the people that are just doing it. And you know who you are, and you might even be beat up by who you are, beat down by who you are, but there's a guy in North Carolina that's pulling for you. Because I'm trying to see the bigger picture, and as much as I believe in policy, I, I believe that every significant change, every meaningful, lasting change, starts within the sea change of a human heart. And so I'm more on that side of connecting to those of you walking your light that have made that connection to love and you're trying to put it into the world and sometimes you're elated by the process and it's beautiful. And other times you're made lonely as hell, lost and confused in the process. And let alone the traps of the world, but there's also the traps of your own ego. And most of you are wise enough to see those traps. But keep going. Keep reaching, keep trying, no matter how hard it is, because as dramatic as it sounds, we need you. We need you. I, I'm just one man and one opinion, but there's a lot of half-opened people out there. There's a lot of half-bloomed people out there. And there's some part of them that either stop the blooming process by restricting it or not believing it, or they stopped it because they didn't think it was worth it. And it's worth it. It's very worth it. And I believe with everything in my heart that you are listening to the call and you putting that call into action. However that happens, as part of this beautiful process of the world moving and evolving and growing around us, that the seasons come and go and that's a stability but the variance is brought in by you the nuance is brought in by you the spore the mutant gene you are the delivery vehicle So however down you may be, or however elated you may be, keep going. Keep going. Doesn't that sound good?
again, this is human experience. If you don't know his work, uh, you might want to familiarize yourself. It's just beautiful. He's got such a wide range because he works with so many different people. So this episode is all about re-entry. And I'll admit that re-entry was first introduced to me by Burning Man, because you go to Burning Man and it's such an intense experience, just the environment and the people and the travel and everything is just such a moment, and because it's seven days and most people stay out there that long, because it's that long, it's it, you shift, you shift into that city of Burning Man for a while. And then when it's time to leave, a lot of people refer to it as going back to the default world. Once I started teaching hoop dance, and I do in my workshops, I try to build this um, container of love. This container of authenticity and of openness, which are two very important things in my life right now. and when we're talking about walking towards the light, that's, that's part of it for me. Because I, I really do believe in, in my visions and in my connection to that. I, I think a world of open, authentic people um, may not be 100% peaceful, but it'll be 100% better. And so what I try to do in my workshops is, is use hoop dance to find that authentic voice and to give people the courage to speak with it, to sing with it, to move with it. And so we create this container over three days, and then we have to leave that container and go back to the world. Nice. We have to go back to the world that set up the condition that made us want to go to the workshop or go to Burning Man or go to the festivals in the first place. And so for many people, electively or not, there's a line between their ideality, which is a festival, Burning Man, a workshop, um, some event, a yoga retreat, and then what they call the default world. And then when they go back into the default world, a lot of people call that process, myself included, re-entry. Now, I want to stay from the beginning before I do a whole podcast about re-entry and, and how you can deal with it. I just want to say that the ultimate enlightenment, of course, would be that there is no line between your ideality and your reality. And that's the enlightenment that I think we should all be striving towards. And if you're already there, you're probably an artist. And more power to you. And keep going and congratulations. But for the rest of us, we're, you know, we're in a process of trying to merge our reality with our ideality. And in this case, I'm going to say reality is the world, the environment of your current self. And your ideality is like the environment of your ideal self. So we're not talking about your ideality would be a world filled with swimming pools and attractive people. But it would be whatever world would create the ideal you. So we have this line between that world that creates the ideal you and the real world. And for a lot of people, the real world is what makes them not the ideal them. 
And so a lot of times there is a protection between the two worlds and a wall. At Burning Man, this goes on constantly with people trying to protect the ideals of Burning Man by uh, understandably limiting the influences of the real world. So that that environment kind of becomes free. It remains sort of reality or world problem free. Of course, that doesn't completely happen. There's certain things about human nature that just make it hard, like stealing and you know, lying and things like that. But there are less um, difficult things that they can handle to protect these two worlds. So if you're not enlightened and you haven't gotten to the ultimate point where your ideality and your reality are the same thing and you're like the rest of us, negotiating the space between the two can be a little bit tricky and that's what this podcast is about. Wow, loving this track. So, keeping these two things separate so that they may one day merge into one. For a lot of people, the space of traveling to their idealities is the summer. It's festivals, it's yoga retreats, it's workshops, it's vacations with the kids, it's doing things. And you can have such a pleasurable time when you are in an ideality because you experience yourself and you experience the other people in their ideality. So it's kind of this world where everybody for three days, seven days, however long, is kind of acting in the environment that encourages uh, a free expression of their essence. And it can be so, uh, you just feel sometimes like you're this um, bird that's finally been let out of a cage and is allowed to feel wind and is allowed to fly and flap its wings. And so you see, you can look at the default world as going back into the cage, going back into the the cage of um, ritual behavior, of repeat, of recycled patterns and to be honest with you it can be um, melancholic it can be a bummer and so like any transition if we can ease into it that's a little bit better and one way that we can ease into the transition is to take with us or to one, excuse me before we ease into the transition to spend some time in the recollection of memory from our time and ideality in burning culture this is called decompression and uh, not necessarily the parties that we throw that are called decom but the decompression period after a burn is, is usually a time where you, you kind of reflect on what just happened. And a lot of decompression happens on the actual journey home because it takes so long to leave Burning Man. But for those of us that are going to a festival or going to a workshop, uh, we don't have much travel time. You know, it might be a few hours or even just 30 minutes back home. And then there we are. 
And when we get in there, one way that we can begin to merge the two worlds is to think about the positives of our ideality, to think of that as not just a vacation, but um, a potential lesson for us. When were we feeling the best? Not in some altered state kind of way, at least not some chemically altered state way, but when did we feel, whether we were on something or not, when did we feel whole? Was there a moment in that when you felt uh, the, a freeness? And to remember those feelings and to kind of like a story or a movie that just you watch again and again or a book you reread that you study it like what what was it about that that made it so great why was i so happy i'll give you a, a for instance for me one time at burning man after i was traveling home and decompressing and i was thinking about i had a great burn that year and i was thinking about what what was it that made it so great and that particular year it was company because i had been um you know this just militant loner Nobody tells me what to do. I hang out wherever I want to hang out. And that particular burn, I hung out uh, with my campmates and hung out in company. And it was so rich. And I really realized that a long time ago, I had developed as a kid this identity around being a loner because it kind of protected me from any sort of friend rejection. And even though that was something that, uh, you know, the psychology of an eight-year-old or whatever it began and then reinforced when he was 15, it had kind of remained up into my 20s and, and then now into my 30s. And I realized, well, this is not a grown man's take. Because I, I do believe in science and I do believe in studying nature and you don't see too many lone wolf human beings in the course of history. <laughs> In fact, we are a tribal animal, and we collect in bunches, and so it's kind of this illusion, or at least this um, benefit of the technological world that we have, that we could even fathom the idea that we could get by in life by ourselves. So when I was sitting back and I'm reflecting on what, my, what made my Burning Man experience so great, I was like, I, you know, I realize now that I need... My ideality, my, I need other people to be the ideal me. That, that I have been avoiding other people because I was afraid they'd say stupid things. Or I was avoiding people because I thought that they wouldn't understand me or I wouldn't want to understand them or they think I was boring or I think they were boring. And I really realized that that interaction was uh, woven deep into my DNA and that for me to be the ultimate guy my ultimate guy like not the but like my ultimate self that my when i felt my freest it was in the company of good friends and and laughter and of fun so think back even now think back just enjoy this awesome song <laughs> love this flavor Think back to the good that just happened this summer, to the good that just happened at your burn or the good that happened at festivals or your yoga retreat. And if you didn't get to do any of those things, then let's just start at January, from January to September. What was awesome?
Now remember, you're trying to use what felt good, not so much what you thought should have been good or that you spent a lot of money on, so therefore you, you feel like even if you, it sucked for you that you should have enjoyed it more, but like real moments where you were actually in it where you weren't having to justify those moments, those moments um, in the, you know, in the spirit world, in the new age world, um, myself and others sometimes talk about alignment, you know, that like when you have these feelings of alignment with the world around you, that you feel a part of it, you feel like one with the all, if that makes sense, you feel aligned. And it's a beautiful feeling, and a lot of us feel like it's a teaching feeling, that like once, when you get there into that alignment, however mysterious it is and elusive it is to find, that you can sort of look to see what things came into alignment. Like for me, it was company. And when you start to put together the things that came into alignment for you, you can look to see if there's any possible way that the factors that were putting you into alignment in that ideality could possibly be shifted over into your reality. For instance, were you relaxed in your ideality? Probably you were. I hope you were. If you were relaxed in your ideality, what factors contributed to you being relaxed? And if it was that you were relaxed because you didn't have your kids around, that's a tough one. (laughs) But maybe that's an indicator that you might need for the benefit of your kids to have a little bit more me time. You know, to see if you can create a tiny little ideality within your week where you go to movement class, you go to ecstatic dance or whatever, so that you have some chance to take a taste of that freedom. If if freedom from responsibility is what helps you feel aligned, then is there a way that you could squeeze in just a little bit of responsibility free time, just an hour somewhere? Is it possible? This is the kind of thinking that will ease this transition and benefit us all. There's a different kind of study, which kind of relates to my podcast being called Future Hero, that I that I want to speak to. And we're already getting close on time, so I want to make sure that I get some a chance to discuss this this fully. I, I, today, when I sit down to do this podcast, and as I'm recording, there's just this big, big part of me that wants to encourage all of you freaks out there 
that over the summer had some crazy, profound thought about what you wanted to do with your life in service to the other lives around you. I think for some of you, it's possible that in your in the space of your idea, ideality, however long or brief it was, or you know whether it was scattered over multiple moments, that in that, some of you felt a sense of purpose. And I don't, I'm I'm reluctant to use the word purpose because it's been appropriated by so many different uh, belief systems and ideologies that I don't necessarily. Uh, want to endorse right now by using the word purpose but I think it's unavoidable that as you get older no matter what you're trying to fit into whether it's the cosmology or the the physical world or the world of humans that there's a question of your purpose of what is my talent here and how can I put that talent on wheels to move me and my people forward. And I bet some of you have some crazy, completely unrealistic, but totally beautiful ideas out there. My belief is that there's something to the emerging of those ideas. And the idea itself might be the first drawing, but that there's something to it that there's a seed and it may not be the first second or third drawing the seeds bigger than that that's just the first couple of branches it threw up somewhere along its life if you follow that seed nurture that seed that it will eventually take root and grow and it may not grow to be the tree that you visualized over the summer but it could be a tree that bears fruit that you never saw coming fruit that could help other people get through a time of despair or discouragement. Or maybe you had an idea that will help people get medicine. Maybe you had an idea that will relieve suffering. And maybe your ego helped you form the idea, but the more you sit with that idea, the less you'll get away from your ego. So don't worry about that. The ego's ego is tangled up in almost everything that you do, so don't let that, don't feel as though that's some corrupting force. Don't, 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 don't let the uh, trip of like, I was creating crazy land. I was thinking all this crazy stuff that I could do this. Believe it or not, that's just the ego sort of tripping and making sure that it's got a hold of your dreams. But what was the dream? Because the dream might be that temporary, momentary purpose that you're looking for. Maybe it's not, maybe we've been looking at it wrong. Like maybe we were looking for the lifelong plan, but maybe we just need the next six months plan. And maybe that crazy idea that you had in festival land or at that retreat or coming back from your summer or from that vacation, that momentary thought you had, maybe that was a flash of the greater you. Getting back to this re-entry thing, we 
had this great idea that inspired you. You knew it came from your ideal self and the environment of your ideality. And now what are you going to do with it? Because if you can come up with something to do with it, there is a very good chance that it will ease your re-entry. In fact, it may change and speed up the pace in a good way of bringing that ideality to your reality. And so if there was any sort of purpose, like if you had a crazy idea, what was motivating that? And then you can create from that purpose your work, your work, your capital W work emerges from your sense of purpose. And that's why idealities are so critical to be enjoyed and to be learned from. I challenge you to not just talk it, but to walk it, to start your work, to form it, to make your work. The only we can't see the experience you had. I hope you understand that, but we can see your work. We can't see your purpose, but we can see your work. Let's do it. Let's do it. However crazy it is, every great idea started as some lunatic's thought. And that lunacy that your ego is telling you you had out there is brilliance, potentially to a future generation. Maybe just to a future generation of one human being, but that's a significant thing to do. What's your work? What's your work? What, what, what crazy idea did you have? And is there any way that you can bring that into work? Into practice that we can see? That, like a sculpture that we can climb on your work? That you'll find this purpose? And it's not... Perhaps not going to be revealed, although that would be beautiful, in a complete 12-step plan. Like, it may just be that you have this crazy idea, and your work is like, we don't know how to get there. And you sit with your work, and you're like, I don't even know what you are right now. And the work says, just do me. Just work. Just make one phone call just research one thing just call one person just do one thing the work says to you and you make me just do just take one step and you bring me you birth me into this life it takes just one thing just one step you don't have to tell me what kind of thing I'm gonna grow up to be or what my life will be you don't have to prepare me for every ego blow that's gonna come my way the work says just just birth me just start me just give me an opportunity Thank you.
I want to end with something that happened to me at Burning Man. And then maybe you'll get a sense of what I'm saying and you'll understand uh, why I'm so passionate about it. My 2006, I went to Burning Man, which again is a festival here in the States. What's in the States, but it's a worldwide event. So people from everywhere. And I went and... I had been hooping for some time, and uh, I, I guess at that point I'd been hooping like five or six years, and I had just um, really started to teach classes, and or I, yeah, I started in 2005 teaching classes, and I had just started to go around and to travel, and uh, and teach, and I had had a partner with me, and my partner and I had gone to Burning Man, but we were not romantic partners, but I kind of wished that we were. <laughs> and it became apparent through that burn that that was not really going to happen. And I realized that I had tied uh, this passion of teaching and had wrapped it up in this person and then throughout the course of the week I was let down by many factors and I remember on Saturday night of the burn being pissed off (laughs) I was pissed off in my ideality because I had instead of accepting um what was there, I had wanted to bring in this make-believe into my ideality, this thing, and it just had become so clear that I had been disillusioned. And so I had been wearing this costume for the burn, the actual burning of the man on Saturday night. I had been wearing this costume that just hadn't resonated with me. It was this weird, like, I had dressed, I don't know why, I just thought it would be cool to dress like a desert holy man or something so cheesy and horrible. Then it was like I had borrowed heavily from um, Muslim clothing, and so I was wearing this very restrictive thing. It looked cool, but it was just, and it was kind of a misappropriation, honestly, I apologize, but it was Bernie Man, and I was thought I was going to dress as my ideal self to bring out my ideal self. And and instead what happened was I just got pissed off. And so I ran back to my tent and I took off this garb and I grabbed this ninja wear that I had been wearing all week. And it wasn't really like ninja wear. It was more like samurai wear. Like it was this actual martial art thing. I had really not understood Burning Man. And I had gone out and basically costume shopped a a little bit better than Halloween, but not much. And so I grabbed this sort of samurai thing and I threw it on and I was pissed, y'all. I was like, you know, this, this burn, you know. And so I ran out to deep playa with me and my hoop and my bike and this ninja outfit on. And I, I get out to 10 o'clock and um, I, I can't remember exactly where I, which camp it was now. I know the story would be better, but I think it was like... I don't know, some flying lotus or something like that. And and there was a space outside of the venue where you could hoop and people could kind of see, but you weren't like, you know, 
showing off or, or making them watch you or anything. And so I, I just put the hoop on and the music was, was pretty good. It was actually kind of, I had like a little bit of a hip hop flavor. I found out later it was bass nectar, but I, did, I didn't know him at that time. I, I'm not really familiar with him now. So if you're a bass head, more power to you. I don't know that much about him, but he played a great set if it was him on 2006. And so I was started uh, hooping around and I was just so furious and distracted that I decided to lower my blindfold, which is something that I do, but now I didn't really do it so much back then in public. I did, it was a practice tool. So I lower my blindfold and I start hooping and I'm pissed. And so the hoop is just whirling around me, just like, and in my head, it's just going to sound crazy, but you know, I've evolved since then, but in my head, I was angry, the hoop is just whirling around me, I'm blindfolded, I can hear bass nectar behind me, and I start going, fuck this, fuck this, I am me, I am Baxter, I am enough, I am enough, and my hoop just starts to whirl around me, and I know it sounds crazy and like completely egotistical, but... It actually wasn't really egotistical. It was like my future hero was like grabbing me from this hole and like pulling it out and saying like, you have value. But it was an angry expression of that. So I, you know, I apologize, but it was just like, fuck that. I'm enough. I'm enough. I can be a teacher myself. I don't need anybody. I don't need anybody. I can be enough. People will want to learn from me. And I'm hooping so fast and it's going, I'm, the hoop is just going crazy. And all of a sudden I'm blindfolded, I'm hooping like crazy. And all of a sudden I hear this person yell, sick, sick, you are fucking sick. Now, if you're not familiar with the States, she was complimenting me. And when that drunk enlightened angel said that to me while I was blindfolded while the hoop is whirling around me and my body is just exploding with this energy and my mind is releasing from the self-imposed burden that I had put on myself of expectation well, it was like I was a golf ball on a tee, and she just sent me into outer space. And I soared into my ideality where I was like free of all the excuses of can't. And I just soared, and for a second, well, more than that, I don't know how long it lasted, but for a while in that hoop dance that night, I soared out. And was like away from all of the excuses of who I, why I couldn't be. And was in all the reasons that I was. And it was a powerful I am moment. And when I went back to the default world, I found myself reaching out for that friend. And realizing that when I was fully opened... I didn't need to reach out for anybody. So I came back from that burn and I decided to start teaching hoop dance as hard as I could 
as nationally as I could to as many different places as I could. And I have been doing that for 10 years now. And it has been the single best technique I have found for merging my ideality with my reality. If I can go around the country and world and teach people to find their authenticity through hula hoop dance, then what isn't allowed to happen? What other crazy shit? Is your idea that crazy? Whatever it is, it can be done. And it may not turn out the way that you wanted, But it will be the best answer to the hardest question that you've ever asked, which is, what is my purpose? Thank you for listening. My name is Baxter. See you next week.